Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast, where today we're just kind of going where the wind blows us, and we've got um, guest uh, Kalen, he's on here today, he's going to be joining us, we're just going to kind of be talking about anything and everything, having more of just a general conversation, so uh, Kalen, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah man, Second Thank time, right? Me. Yeah, this is the second time from the, uh, the Tiger King Podcast. Man, you know, I think back, I'm like... When that was just caught fire and like everything was Tiger King and like it's gone, like I see Jeff Lowe try and stay relevant every now and again. Like some there was some picture on the mm-hmm. news and, I, and it pisses me off. The news people give him this credit, but like it was on one of the local news channels and they were like, Jeff Lowe just post just sent he sent us pictures of federal agents looking for human remains in a zoo. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I, yeah, I did Big I did freaking see that. whoop, dude. Yeah. And I was like, stop it. You <laughs> need to stop it. And I saw on Reddit where, like, he, he, some some person on Reddit, I think they either posted in his AMA or they did something online and, like, he caught wind of it. And so, like, he, he got their number and, like, texted him. And I was like, this dude, this dude's fishing to stay relevant. But No, uh, and I was just about to say, I saw, uh, was, I can't remember what social media platform or something like that. But somebody had said, like, hey, yeah, um, was just down around that area, like mm-hmm. at a convenience store or something, um, a travel stop. And they're like, yeah, right into Jeff Lowe, uh, the guy from Tiger King. Of course, they knew about him. Uh, but they were just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that's the guy. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, you know, when people see celebrities, they kind of like freak out and like yeah. want to take a picture or get an autograph. They didn't care. But <laughs> Jeff Lowe was the one that was making like, yeah, do you know who I am? Like, I'm on the, here. Do you want to take mm-hmm. a picture with me? It was almost trying to get himself like, yeah, yeah, you want to take a picture with me? And they're like, no, 100%. dude, I'm just getting some gas. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. No, it was one of those is like, I don't know. It's kind of like when you see... Like, when you see a prairie dog, you're like, and maybe it's, you, you'd never seen a prairie dog your first time. And so you're like, oh, oh my gosh, prairie dog. And he's like popping out of his hole or whatever. That's cool. And then it goes back in his hole and then you're like, okay, I'm moving on. Like, that's, that's what it's like seeing him. Yeah. That's hilarious. But, you know, you, you kind of could get that vibe that like he always wanted to be a big shot. Like, oh yeah. you know, driving around the fancy cars, being a Vegas dude, getting involved in big cats. Because I think we all can agree that the big cat people are... Um, on some level, like narcissistic, but really they're just the they're the they're the tippy top of the crazy cat people. Um, but I didn't really want to make this about Tiger King, so we can we can shift talk, topics. Sports are starting back no, up. You know what? <laughs> In other news, no, um, I'm gonna piggyback off of your crazy cat story. I'm just gonna start this podcast going a hundred miles an hour, dude. I kid you not when I say this. Abby and I almost died last night. Yeah, I'm going to start it off right there. We almost okay. actually died last night. And here's where it gets, mm-hmm. you know, piggybacking off of the big crazy cat lady, whatever, big cats. It was the cats. So, I have, a, I, we have two cats. I say I. Abby, my girlfriend, has two cats. I'm not a cat person. I've never really been a cat person. But I've kind of warmed up to one of these two cats. Uh, the other one, uh, male cat Van, mm-hmm. uh, him and I go back and forth. And I'm pretty sure it was Van that tried to kill us last night. So, I'm a heavy sleeper. Yeah. I, you can, you know, 
I can be in the middle of a thunderstorm. You can shake me, trying to get me awake. It it doesn't work. I am a heavy sleeper. But when it comes to like weird and strange noises through the night, I will wake up immediately. It's it's crazy. So last night, really early this morning, um, I immediately wake up and I'm hearing this strange noise. And I, you know, when you when you wake up right at the beginning, you're still kind of asleep, so you don't exactly know. You can't, you know... You're up and moving, but... The the thought process is longer. So, I'm like, okay, there's a weird noise. I I don't know where it's coming from inside the house. And then it clicks. I'm like, oh my god. And I just... I take off running. I wear contacts. Mm -hmm. Obviously, contacts aren't in, so I'm blind. (laughs) I'm in nothing but, like, boxer shorts. Dude, I round the corner of the hallway here. Van. I'm blaming Van. It was one of the cats, but I'm blaming Van. One of the cats, uh, we have a gas stove, oh. turned on the ignition to the gas stove, and it's just clicking. Oh, my It's clicking, gosh. clicking. And I round that corner, and I just smell gas. And I immediately shut it mm. off and had like a, like a come-to-Jesus moment. I'm like, at any point in time, if that igniter like sparked... Oh. We wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast no, right now. No, Like, this whole house, this pad would be just heap, leveled. Heap of ash. Heap of ash. So, yeah, so... That's freaking terrifying. <laughs> um, right? So that brings up the question, do they make locks or locking mechanisms for gas stoves? Because I have a gas stove, and I never really even thought about that. But, like, I don't know. The easy solution is you just prevent the cat from getting to that. Oh, yeah. That's what I... I don't know if you saw the rubber band gun in the corner mm-hmm. of the yeah, I that is my van hates that thing. I don't even have to load it anymore. Just show him and he just runs. He just brandish it. Yeah. Hey bro. And but he's when he's gone. when he's on the countertop, I uh, try to shoo him off and he just stares at me like, "What are you gonna do?" So then I have to shoot him with a rubber band gun. <laughs> it doesn't hurt him for those that are out there thinking. Yeah, bring it oh on, my Peta. gosh, He's bring it on, he's, Peta. Cruel animals. I want to no. think of every time you've been snapped with a rubber band. The animal is fine. Yeah, yeah. Now, right now, I just have two of the uh, the kitchen chairs just pressed up against those knobs the way they can't get to them. But that's, I mean, I told Abby this morning that situation, and then she's like, we do need, probably need to find something that is... Well, I think covered. almost like a steering wheel lock, right? Like, so either you either you make, like, a cover to go over the knobs where in, like, mm-hmm. that it can... It'll just, like, sit on there, and so, like, there's just no access to it, right? Like, I'm thinking a little like, rectangular, three, three-sided, three or not three-sided, but um, one-side open rectangular box that, like, can fit, and then it either hooks onto the racks or something. I don't know. Right. Or, like, a steering wheel lock where it's more... It fits. It fits on the knobs, and then the knobs just can't turn. Right? It's a little bit more yeah. subtle, and and then it can just hang on those knobs, where it has little slots. I don't know though. That's a that's so a. It's just terrifying in general, or like in in the moment looking at that singular situation. But then the second part is like now the cat thinks that's a toy, and this could be like an ongoing problem. It's like when your yeah. dog discovers there's a hole in the fence and they can get out, and so they just get out every time. Yeah. And now they want to get out. So even when that hole gets covered, they're made. They're make another one or find another one. Mm-hmm. And so that's the situation. And that's well, I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, and that we can be <laughs> sitting comfortably in a house. It's still standing, right? And it's not totally. Uh, no, to out. like, is you know, you. So see, did you like open the doors and turn on fans, or how'd you air it out? 
Yeah, just uh, you know, open the the main door here and just let the. Uh, I stayed up for a little while just mm-hmm. to kind of. I don't know how good I did, but just to push the gas out. Well, I think if you open it up. That's all. Yeah, man. like it's gonna dissipate. But um, yeah, no, dude. I swear, like it was, you know, that moment where I'm still waking up. Mm-hmm. I eventually realize what it is. I go and turn everything off, and you know, it's like those movies that you see where they will either cut the gas line or like. You know, turn on the yeah. gas, and when somebody lights their cigarette, like the whole Boom. thing explodes. I was just in my mind thinking that was what's going to happen, and yeah, I just kept replaying in my head. If only, like, if there was just a spark that happened, just one little, like. Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh my gosh! So the heart, heart was uh, pounding real fast, beating real fast. It was, it was craziness. So that's, that's how my morning started. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. If I I'd be lying if I said that's the weirdest way you've been woken up in this in this house, all right? As a former resident of this house, I still don't think that's the weirdest. It it might be the scariest retrospectively, but maybe not. Cuz naked man high on PCP, who knows what, maybe meth um, banging on your door at 7 in the morning. I still tell that story. Dude, it's one of my favorite. I'm going to tell it to my that. grandkids. Yeah. It's so amazing. And my favorite part has to be, like, so I'd gone back to my room and, um, you know, was trying to kind of get my wits about me. And then all of a sudden I just hear you go, guys, you got to come see this. And we're like, what? And we come back in there and you go, he is butt naked. And we look out the window and sure enough, he just got his naked butt walking walking away from our house as the cops coax him back to the curb. Oh, my gosh. That- do they know? Do they know that story? Have yeah, I want to say it's. I want to say it's an older episode where we talked about, where I talked about the best. I made. I where I brought it up because I remember. I remember formulating the idea of like the best alarm clock. It was a joke about mm-hmm. the best alarm clock you could have is a is a is a druggy naked frantic druggy who thinks he's being attacked banging on your door at seven in the morning. Yeah. I want to say I've told it, but we could do a an amended version, the abridged version. Um, for those, if, if, if you haven't heard it. So, yeah. long story short, uh, we go to bed like normal. And uh, scary part for me personally was my girlfriend at the time, she's now my wife, she had crashed on the couch in the living room. Right. And so everyone else is back in their rooms. And there's three of us here. And then I don't know if Abby was here or not. But No, it was me, you, and Blake. That was, yeah. We were the only three residents. And then, right. like you said, your uh, girlfriend at the time, now wife, was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. A mere ten feet away from Maybe. the front door. Right. Maybe. Like, she's in the living room where the front door is at. Well, all of a sudden, it's... I'm trying to recall what my first... So I'm the closest bedroom to the front door. It's like 5 a.m. too. 5.30, some, 6, it's something It's butt bed. crack of dawn. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't remember if it was the banging, if it was my girlfriend, what it was. But like I just remember kind of coming to... And I, I think I hear the, the banging in the background. Yeah. And then, um, and then my girlfriend's like... Hey, she's like, hey, like, she's like, I don't know what's going on. She's freaking out because she's in that state of like, mm-hmm. she woke up, but she's not functioning. And she's like, I don't know what's happening. I don't, and she's freaking out. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And like, I thought, oh no, it's like someone in the house. What's, I, like, I, I have no clue what's happening. But then also, uh, my puppy at the time was barking too. So that was yeah. another thing. So like, I just get woken up in this hellstorm. And basically, there's a guy banging on our door. 
screaming, neighbor, help, help me, neighbor, help, help, neighbor, neighbor, help, or what? Like, mm-hmm. they're going to get me help, neighbor. And so, I, this is literally what I did. I got out of my room. I got the dog. Kind of got him calmed down, but he's still freaking out. And I go out, and I look at the front door. I look. I'm like, okay, it's locked. Both the deadbolt and the door are locked. Right. Thank goodness. And then I'm just like, not functioning. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go get Kaylin and Blake up. And so then you guys It was get about up. this time that mm-hmm. I'm hearing the banging yeah. on the door. So once again, I'm a heavy sleeper, but mm-hmm. random noises wake me up. So I wake up. Um, I throw on a pair of gym shorts uh, and put it in my contact so I can see what's happening. Um, my brother's door is almost opposite mine. So we kind of open doors at the same time and then both look out. He's got his glasses on. And my little brother... Um, who's like, I don't know, 22 at this time, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say little brother. He's almost, he's six, like six, two, six, three, uh, big, just burly dude, like probably 215, 220. Comes out with this, like, Negan style yeah. Walking Dead baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is going on? <laughs> and so that was when we walked to the living room, meet with Gus and, and Juliana, and then discuss like what is happening at this point we're hearing the banging we're hearing the uh the gentleman outside the door just yeah saying help me help me they're they're getting me help me neighbor help me help me they're 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 after me they're getting me so then i start through the door i'm not opening this door but i start through the door trying to have a conversation with this man trying to find out you know is he in trouble who's out to get him what is happening and so I'm asking him these questions, and he's not responding back to me. He just keeps repeating the same thing. So after, I don't know, probably after like maybe five, ten minutes of this, I just had enough. I I then call 911. I explain the situation. I'm like, hey, look, there's a gentleman that is banging on our front door. He's saying that somebody is after him. I don't know what's happening. Please send help. Mm-hmm. So then a couple of officers come, and the way that our porch, uh, it's its a pretty long porch that spans the width of the house, uh, and we have windows on the side, but you can't exactly see. If someone's right, if someone's like standing at the door, you can't see them. No. So I can't see them, but I do see the cops that are uh, pulling up on the street, and they get out, and they're trying to calm down the gentleman, and they're like, hey, sir, you know... What's the deal? Can you can you please step this way? And that's when I then yell back to you guys. <laughs> guys, go to a window. You have to see this because the gentleman has taken a couple steps back from the door. Is completely naked. <laughs> Our porch is probably about three foot off of the actual normal ground. Instead of taking the stairs, he spider monkey jumps. <laughs> Like Spider-Man <laughs> leaping off of like the Empire State oh Building. Spider-Monkey jumps off the porch onto the grass. And then the cops are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then eventually yeah, and then take we, him in. We watch him. He lives in the duplex across the street and one house over. And like I remember the cops tried to get him back up to his house. And he like... He, like, starts going towards the door, and then he, like, jumps back because he's nervous about what's inside. And then, I mean, this is the same house where, like, I remember one day I, I, I was out front or something, or, the, or maybe just the screen door was open. But I hear yelling, and so I go and I look, and this woman is, like, stomping out of the house, screaming mad, and yeah. in an argument. And then she goes, his car is parked on the side of the house. She goes and gets a brick, 
throws it through his back window and just go, starts walking off, walking up the street. And, all, and he yells at her. Uh, I don't remember what he yelled at her. He, he was like, oh, you going to jail? <laughs> and she didn't care at all, just walking right down the street. Let's but. just say, for those listening, this house is one of those houses that there are <clears throat> there are a lot of visitors a lot of people a lot of different visitors a lot of different people come up to this house mm-hmm. and there's like one to two residents so if that tells you what type of house this is mm-hmm. it's notorious for these types of people yep. um, i don't live in too bad of a neighborhood i don't think it's just kind of just you can one go one spot. block over and find a half a million dollar house yeah so that so it's like it's 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 in mid it's in full swing gentrification but the problem is normally with gentrification like this one is polar opposites like it's either you got super wealthy or you got super hood like soup like homeless people druggy like you got yeah. serious like oh it's a sketchy neighborhood like there were gunshots the other night but there's also this super modern house over here where these rich hipsters live right what <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> beats me but yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a, that's a story for the, for the ages right there. Oh, it's yeah. one you take into your grave, telling all my, all my kids and grandkids, nieces, nephews, they're all going to hear the naked alarm clock story <laughs> because, uh, man, you just can't make that up, dude. No. Like, I never thought that I would experience something like that, <laughs> but I did. So, and I mean, and honestly, that might kind of be an accurate uh, description and good way to segue in talking about today what's going on because I think in a lot of ways that makes for a pretty decent metaphor for how things are going right now. Naked oh, yeah. man frantically banging on your door at uh, six in the morning to to be let inside. Oh yeah. Now, um, just talking about like what's what's happening today. This is. Uh, it's something that you know. Obviously, everybody sees every day with everybody's opinions on whether it be you know political, uh, religious. Um, I mean, really anything. Uh, we and we talked about this, you know, not not two minutes ago. Um, just social media in general. Uh, what you see on social media, what people post on social media, um, whether you're getting all of the story or not whether you know people see this people see one this one thing and they have this tunnel vision because they only see uh one big number or one major point um of a story that they're not reading or doing the research of what is what else is happening around it um and you Gus, you, uh, I mean, as far as like your social media goes, you said that you're pretty upfront with what you believe and you, you stick to that. And I would like this, I mean, I like to think that I am too. Um, but I, I just don't, with, when it comes to social media, I don't really post a lot of stuff that could be considered controversial to some people. Right. Simply because. I just don't want to deal with the fallout that some mm-hmm. people will have. Like I, I don't care about politics really, right. but there are some things that get on my nerves when it comes to politics. Whether it's something that I uh, personally have witnessed, read, seen, heard, or something that somebody else has uh, posted and, and you know read whatever, and it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I do want to comment and or say something or just kind of speak my mind. 
but not a lot of people like to have an open form of communication. It's just immediately if you respond back or say something, you get attacked. Mm-hmm. You can't have an actual conversation with people anymore. At least that's what I think. Yeah, I, well, that's so. I'm I always live in this weird like dichotomy in, in my mind. It's probably gonna sound a little bit like a crazy person, but where I used to hate politics so much, like when I was until I was probably twenty one, like hate it. Like not like oh I'm not into it. Like I didn't like them. I didn't believe it. I was like this is stupid. But now it's hit a point where everyone wants to make every single thing political. And I realized that the loudest voices are always the most polarizing, the most divisive, the craziest ones. The people who are making short-sighted, um, generalized arguments against and putting up straw man. They're demonizing um, dissenters. And I'm like, okay, there needs to be – like I've, I've pictured it in, in the sense of like say you're in a room full of pre-cares and you have these two boys – that just keep going at each other, egging each other on, or egging other people on, and like pinching them, and and just being obnoxious little kids, and making other kids cry, doing that, hitting other kids, whatever, bullying them. You could, I I think of it almost as like, that's kind of what's happening right now, is you have all the obnoxious kids are kind of running wild, and there needs to be an adult in the room to like, just give them a booming like, Hey, like everybody, like stop, like you go in the corner, you stop that, you, you, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to share, like, hold on, like a voice of reason that, that just needs to be out there because I think generally what you see day to day, just people, people just want to live their lives and live their lives in peace. They don't want to have to do a whole bunch of this or that or posturing. People just want to go like, I just want to. For me, a lot of times, like, I just want to, like, I don't know, watch some sports, um, eat some good food, hang out with some friends, have a good time. And that's, like, that's most of my wants in life. And so I always have this internal battle of, like you said, it's like, do I engage? Do I do I just try and move away? And it used to be I was like, ah, I'm just going to kind of, like, distance myself. Because it's a lot of times, especially on social media, it's what you choose to plug into, you know? Like my so my Twitter unfortunately has turned into seventy thirty. It's political versus like the comical, everything else. Yeah. But it's found I've learned a lot more how to laugh at things as opposed to maybe get upset or be like, yeah, like I'm just like, ah, oh, this is just funny. Like I'm just gonna laugh at this, and and make that conscious choice. But the more crazy people get and more out of control people get, the more I feel there is a need for some reasonable conversation just to be just to be brought up and just to be had to try and because it's I see it as like if if it's about to get away from us like it's it's the gas fumes are in in the kitchen to reference your story mm-hmm. and the cat has set off the igniter and it's just waiting for a spark what we need is we need blind half awake Kalen running in there <laughs> turning it off open the door airing things out and getting everything back to normal and calming the situation down and now the trick about it is though is how do you how do you separate yourself from doing from doing that person and just being a spark to ignite the flame that's something that I've learned that's very difficult like what you talked about is you see a post where someone kind of upsets you and you want to give your two cents well uh, there's a lot of people that that probably upsets or they agree with and so it's the easy response all, all isn't always the best one 
Like, because you can't just go in there and be like, no, you're wrong because X, Y, and Z. But that may not be doing anything productive. All that may do is set off the mob and then you're oh, yeah. under attack. Or there's a way you can come in and say, well, maybe that's not the whole story. Like, so for instance, what we were talking about pre-recording, um, with a post where someone posts about uh, the number of coronavirus cases, and I just grabbed a screenshot of a chart that had case numbers, case recoveries, deaths, and hospitalizations, and it was it was, uh, <clears throat> and they were it was basically they were charted online, so it was a linear chart, and. Uh, the cases and the recoveries were kind of basically like half a parabola. Like they were a curve that was going up because there was a spike in cases. And I don't even know if I said anything with the comment or if I just posted it, but I was like, hey, we need to make sure we look at the whole picture before we freak out. I think initially that during that um, segment, you just, and that's what I love about it too, because like you were saying earlier, you never went into it either way. You never went into it jokingly, and you never went into it attacking. Yeah. You just posted that screenshot of that chart without saying a single word. You're just like, bam, mm-hmm. there's people, facts. And, and then people can comment from that, and then maybe you can start. Because on that same thread, there was, it might have been that one, but there was another mutual friend that we have who got in, it was it was probably between three people, and I just skimmed it, but, like, they got into it. And, I mean, it was essay after essay. And on some level, there's so much nuance. It's like, dude, it'd be more beneficial to, I don't know, jump on a podcast and actually talk about it because where you can really flesh out the ideas because you can get a lot more done in speaking than you can in typing. And also, a lot of times, your tone gets misconstrued. Yeah, in absolutely. And that's the problem. So That just comes back to... I mean, and people can call me old school if they want, but I like to have, you know, actual conversations, you know, not through text messaging or not through social media, but even when it comes to texting, I'd rather, like, mm-hmm. get on the phone and give a phone call to somebody. Well, but. here's the thing. When, when I'm when I'm face to face with you like I am right now, and I have to, uh, I have to deal with your reaction, the consequences of your reaction right here in the moment. No, yeah. I'm not far away. Like, whatever I say, if I say something that's extremely degrading to you or to someone in your family, I have to deal with that right here, right now. And there's there's a natural, I think, subconscious, like, under, like, civility to us. We're like, okay, I'm not going to, like, don't do that. Like, hold up. It will, we'll rein it in. And you'll figure out a more civil way to maybe yeah. approach the topic if there's something you're talking about. You don't about. have a social media shield. Mm-hmm. There's no social media keyboard. shield that you can hide behind. Classic keyboard warriors. Yeah. But just makes me think of those old like Xbox days where you're like <laughs> talking about somebody's mom or whatever mm-hmm. and then they're like, Oh yeah? Come to my house. Like I live on such and such block. Just come over. Just come over. I know, yeah. Come over here stuff it's like men. It's like the one time I don't know if you were there, but I was playing basketball at a place and these two dudes got so in into their feelings about it, about who was better, that this was a five on five full court. It devolved to a one v one full court. Oh yeah, I was there. I yeah, was there. And, yeah. Then, <laughs> and then and then and then so the game literally stopped, and I walked off the court. I was like, oh, so we're just not going to play anymore. Like it's literally going to be you versus you. This is stupid. You've hijacked our our game. Like we all just want to come out here and play basketball, get some exercise, have some fun, get some competition in. Like there's so many benefits to this. And then like but. And then even after they quit playing, they were in the stands arguing about how much money you make a week. Well, I'm supporting this people. Well, I've got a one dude's like, I got a piece in the trunk of my car. You can come out and check it out. And it's like, 
congratulations, dude. And I was sitting back and I was like, this dude's this dude's out here trying to say that he has all these hardships because he has three kids already. But I was like, man, you were totally in control of having those three kids for the yeah. most part. Like, I I don't I. There are exceptions, but it, it just cracks me up when he talks about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm struggle, I'm harder, and I have to make this much money a month. And I was like, yeah, you have to make that much money a month because you got three kids. <laughs> but, no, um, what do you, so what do you, I don't know, what do you kind of make of the status of the world? What do you think about what I just talked about in terms of finding, like, kind of being a reasonable voice and, like, I don't know, because I'm, jury's still out for me on... How much do I engage? Do I do I say something about something or other? Um, you know, do I? How much do I want to engage and give give thought and credence to why why are the Washington Redskins changing their name or why is the NBA putting Black Lives Matter on their courts or you know any anything that's going on mm-hmm. versus because am I are are we I don't know. Are we putting too much into this where that's all that matters now and so it makes it too much of a big deal versus, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, um, I mean, both you and I, um, it's, it's tough because, you know, we're both in, in some aspects in leadership roles to where people do um, either watch what we say or watch what mm-hmm. we do. Um, whether it be on like a social media platform or just in life in general, um, you know, we both have, you know, a lot of people that kind of, I mean, this might not be true and it might just be me just talking out of my butt, but just people that kind of watch, you know, the little things that we do. So I have to take that into account As do I. where I'm like, I want, I probably should say something. I want to say something, but is what I'm going to say, is it going to put the fire out or is it just going to throw gasoline on the fire? Because right. I have friends on Facebook or uh, my, MySpace, almost said MySpace, wow, you? dating myself, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, that are, are both ways. I can say something and you know they will be like, well, I, I don't really agree, I disagree. Um but we can have a conversation, and then I can say the exact same thing. And I have friends that just immediately go for the throat and attack. Yeah. And so, I think the important thing is you don't give you don't give conversation to people who to take it personal, right? That's one right. thing I've learned. I call people out too, but yeah, um, man. As far as like the just the real specific like specific things that are going on whether it be you know changing of the like the mascot names or the the brand names like the Washington Redskins um or whether it be putting the black lives matter on the court or whether it be um even wearing masks like some of these cities and and ours uh specifically or have ordinances in places where you have to wear right. a mask if you're going into public places. Um, I'll start with the the mascot thing. Um, I actually had a conversation with uh, one of my buddies who is uh, pretty much like you know 100% native. He might be like you know 70, 75, oh, yeah. but you can definitely tell he is a Native American. Um, 
I am a Native American in the sense that, you know, I'm Cherokee, but I probably don't look look it. Not at all. Not not like, you know, um, this gentleman is. But we had a conversation um, just about what I wanted to know what his thoughts were on, um, you know, just if he has ever felt like any racial tension, um, just kind of going outside of his house and like say yeah. to the to mall Walmart, or what his thoughts were on like some of these mascots changing their names, and he said that, you know, growing up, um kind of looking a shade darker than everybody else, people would often confuse him as being Mexican sometimes. Yep. Um, he never really, like, there was never, like, a lynch mob out to get him. It was never got, like, that bad. But there, people definitely gave him, like, some looks every once in a while, and he kind of thought that was, you know, a little different. Um, we got on the subject of the mascot thing, because so I, I told him back home, uh, in eastern Oklahoma, there are some private uh, Native American schools that are named after, uh, like either like savages or the Indians mm-hmm. or. Um, these are Native American schools. These are Native American schools. Okay. Um, some of them are private schools that are they're only for yeah. Native Americans. Uh, some of them hmm. are public schools. Feels a little racist, anyways. But they are predominantly uh, Native American towns. That okay. the schools are named um, like the Indians or savages or chiefs or whatever. <sighs> um, so I asked him about that, and he said, uh, "He was like, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just kind of almost showing your um, heritage yeah. uh, a little bit, like especially the private school. The mascot was an actual, uh, looked like a Native American in a headdress, like it looked mm. like you would see like in old history books." Now, when you have something like uh, like Chief Wahoo from the Cleveland, you know, like yeah. the cartoony, he kind of took a you know offense to that because it was a little like it was cartoony. It was a little like you and know, I, I've fun. said before, like Chief Wahoo from the, Cle- the Cleveland Indians, right? Who you're talking yes. about? Yeah, that one could stand to change. Like, but but once again, you got to take it on a case by case basis because the logo for the Redskins is very official. I found out, but continue. No, um, but he. Uh, uh, yeah, he said that, you know, something like that mascot, he just he used mm-hmm. Chief Wahoo because yeah. actually he is not a Cleveland Indians fan. Oh. And he was like, I wear, you know, the mm-hmm. Chief Wahoo hat or I have the Cleveland Indians hat and I wear it. And I mean, then it's not offensive to me. But something like their mascot versus something that's more of like mm-hmm. an authentic looking. Um, and then he, there was a school that I said, yeah, there's one that call themselves, they're the Savages, but I've been to that town, and it's a small town, and it's predominantly, like, mm-hmm. white people. And I was like, that one's a little different, because you're still calling yourselves, like, the Savages, but mm-hmm. you don't have that na- anymore. It's almost kind of like you've ran them out, and you're still Maybe. just using... I mean, populations move and change and shift. The thing, though, when I think about, like, small rural places, is, like, we don't know that... Like when that when that name was chosen, right? Is it? It may not be represent, directly representative of your specific community, but it might be more representative of the area. Well, and that's something going back to earlier statements. You just have to do the research. Too. You have to mm-hmm. see. You can't just come into this town if you're a visitor 
seeing everything is, you know, the savages or home of the savages, and then you're driving around and you don't see any Native American people, you can immediately jump to a conclusion and be like, oh, well, these people are racist because yeah. they're Cause the savages. But and what that points to is the whole looking at it in a vacuum versus looking at it in the full context. Right. You don't know when that uh, township was founded. Like, yeah. you know, you, you. I mean, there's just it's a it's a small thing, but I mean, instead of just jumping to a conclusion like that, just take a moment and. You know, if you want to jump on this case, take a moment, do your research, look into every aspect of it, and don't just jump to the first thing that comes to your mind and join yep. the bandwagon of, you know, hate. I absolutely I agree. So, if you could diagnose it in a broader sense, what would you say is, if you, oh man, it's hard because all the problems are connected and tied into. So is 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 the problem nowadays with a lot of people is what they have, is it is it a problem of jumping to conclusions? Is it a problem of, which is kind of tied to this, but is it a problem of we look at it in a vacuum? Is it a problem of we we don't give each other credit? Like, I don't know, what's kind of, if, if there is kind of one generality, like one general topic, idea, thought process that, that's kind of that, that could maybe be overarching for a lot of the problems that we're seeing right now. I think it's if you uh, everybody everybody today um, just doesn't want to offend anybody. So everybody today is trying to be PC, mm-hmm. and what PC I think to a lot of people means is that there's this train of there's this train coming through town of everything that is deemed like if it's something to do with race uh religion Mm -hmm. creed whatever that is a change of tide you have you immediately have to jump on that train of like this is bad this is bad we need to change this is bad and that's what everybody's writing and if you don't if you take one moment you're like well it might not be then immediately you're attacked Mm -hmm. so the easy way out is to just jump on that pc train of like well I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm just going to say, uh, yep, that's racist, yep, that's uh, that's bad, or whatever. And people are just taking that easy way out, I think. People don't want to offend anybody. Well, people people don't want the problems, like you talked about. Yeah. They don't want, they don't, I don't want to have to worry about, like, if I post this, am I going to get a bunch of unfriends, or am I going to get death threats, am I going to get whatever. And yeah. it's just like, I'm sitting here like, how do we move away from that? How can we understand, like, so part of the reason that I've become more vocal about, like, yeah, I like Trump. I'm going to vote Trump. Like, I've thought about putting a yard in, or a yard in my sign, a sign in my yard or, I don't know, getting a MAGA hat, something. I've thought about it. Not, not to be provocative, but to more so be, like, the people who have known me for a long time but maybe don't know that specifically about me will, will hopefully say, like, will know that, like, oh, he's a reasonable, normal person, and he supports him. Because, for instance, the dumb tweet of the day that I saw from Jamel Hill, I, I, I quoted it and was like, this is the ignorant tweet of the day, was, if you were voting for Donald Trump, you are a racist. There is no wiggle room. And I was like, that's, that's, that's so... And, like, she's, like, a professional journalist working at The Atlantic. Like, she is... You want to talk in a position of power, a position of clout... You're the problem. Stop doing that. 
Stop yeah. stop alienating people to be the devil incarnate. Like I hate that so much. That's, I was just going to say, like you were talking mm-hmm. about, like the uh, MAGA hat. Mm-hmm. You know that is equivalent to okay. If you see somebody in that hat, obviously they support Trump, yeah. which means they support gun rights, which means they support anti-abortion, which means they're usually from mm-hmm. southern states, which means yeah. they're usually racist, which means mm-hmm. they were slave owners, which means they probably don't like. Or they probably don't believe in Black Lives Matter, which means right. they probably don't wear masks. You can see where this snowballs. Mm-hmm. You see where... And you can take any one of those routes that I just mentioned and just roll with it. And you're wearing a MAGA hat, you probably don't wear a mask, therefore yeah. you're probably thinking COVID is mm-hmm. a is a, uh, a, a conspiracy theory. And you can see like where this... Yeah, people... It, so on one hand, if you can trace someone's beliefs by knowing one kind of central point about them you know you know one thing about them that you oh well for instance so say you come across someone they're pro-life there's a really good chance that this person's more conservative they're more for gun rights or more for or or take any one of those stances and then you can trace it down the line that on one hand that is a sign that there's some coherent there's some cohesiveness in your way of thinking meaning you don't just cherry pick you don't say I want, I want I want to believe this I want to believe this I want to, which is a very postmodern way of thinking where you find certain things that intersect. For instance, Nick Cannon, we get so caught up in the power of blackness that he becomes he starts quoting Louis Farrakhan, who was called the Jews Satan, have and like is a is a very well known anti semite, and then he makes some super first of all super racist and anti semitic comments all at the same time, but. His intentions behind it was he was trying to talk about, uh, he was trying to talk about, I'll just call it the power of blackness to use a, a, a very blunt term. But what happens is, is like when you get so caught up in those sort of identities and any politics is that he got so deep into that, that it intersected with another victims group, another victimized group, arguably the most victimized, one of the most victimized groups in human history, the Jews. And so it's like, you want to talk about intersection of like, oh, intersection of oppression is like, oof, that like my oppression intersects with your oppression in such a way that it, I'm, I'm trying to say mine's more oppressed and actually demonize you, but then you're an oppressed group. And so like it, it blew up in his face. So then I will, um, present you with this then. So if you are, uh, you'll just use me as an example. Mm-hmm. If you are a, you know, a white um, I don't know, middle class uh, American male like mm-hmm. myself, and you see that some, that uh, Nick Cannon wrote about that, whether it be on some social media platform or on it was the news. on a podcast. Okay, uh, so you hear that, you immediately like if I'm gonna go on Facebook, tag that podcast, mm-hmm. and be like, I can't believe that Nick Cannon said this about yeah the Jewish uh, people. I'm not Jewish. I'm also not or I'm also not African American, but I could see somebody from my wide variety of friend mm-hmm. groups see that see that me a white male is attacking and I put in quotation marks attacking Nick Cannon who is an African American yeah. male and now they're attacking me mm-hmm. because. Oh, you're just you're a white man and you're attacking a black person. Clearly, you're yeah. You can see I have that same thought all the time. And now 
here's where it gets weird, right? Here's where you look at something in a vacuum in, a, in the right way, and it can and it can it'll it'll fact check it or not fact check it, but it'll kind of it'll it'll be a check for it to see if if your argument, your reasoning, whatever is sound or if it is rooted in some way. So for instance, you brought up all the race, uh, what I would call the race dynamics, just meaning the color that people happen to be in that situation. And so what you have to look at it is remove that and say, is this criticism well-founded? Is Does this criticism make sense? Is this, so take out the fact that Nick is black that, and that you're a white person trying to criticize him and say, okay, is this criticism, was this anti-Semitic against Jews? And you can just stop, like forget about, don't pay attention to who's saying it, paying attention to what is said. Yeah. And, and if you look back and say, no, that checks out, then you know what it does. If you, if you do have those feelings about like, well, you're like a white guy, you're not Jewish, you're not black, you can't, you can't understand it. It's not about fully understanding it from the perspective of that people group. It's about being able to understand that there are overt things that are objectively bad regardless of where what your personal experience is. Mm-hmm. And that's what people get caught up so caught up in is if like, for instance, on abortion, I know, and it's, you don't hear this as much anymore, but like, you're not a woman, you don't have a uterus, so you can't make the call on abortion. False. Um, because there are objective facts there that say there that is a human life in there and that the, bo- the goalpost is always moving on the choice side because guess what? Babies can survive more... Younger and younger and younger, 24 weeks now, you can have, a, you can give birth and the baby can't survive because technology, but not to get into this argument, but basically they say, well, I can't have a say in that. Well, it's a bigger moral question that transcends whether the fact I'm a man or a woman and is just an objective thing that you can look at. For instance, saying kill all the Jews like Hitler tried to do, I don't have to be Jewish to know that that's a bad thing and anti-Semitic. I don't have to be black to understand or Jewish to understand that Nick Cannon cited a, a raging anti-Semite and said some anti-Semitic and racist things because he definitely referred to the general populace of white people who immigrated north from Africa um, as being lesser than people and that melanin gives you compassion, which is probably verifiably false. But really the bigger point I'm trying to make here is People got to get away from race dynamics because so I've, I've I've brought this up before, but like same thing. The George Floyd killing was not a racist killing. It happened to be the race dynamics were a white cop, black guy. But when you objectively when you so I did this on an earlier episode. I described that situation mm-hmm. without mentioning the race of anybody. Describe that situation when you hear it out loud. So when you say, "All right, there's a guy who's." Um, there's a guy who tried to use some counterfeit bills, and he is high on something. Turns out it actually—I'm pretty sure it was fentanyl—but he's high, he's out of his mind, and so cops get called on him. Cops show up. This is a big dude. He's like six five. I don't know. He's huge, but you know, so he's like as big as you, and he's burly. And um, and so turns out, yeah, he's high out of his mind, and he tried to commit this crime, so he's going to get arrested. And then. Things transpire. We don't know all the details because people didn't start recording until the officer was just in his neck on the ground. And so we don't, I don't, I personally don't know. It might be out there, but I personally don't know what transpired up until that point. Yeah. Whether they, right. he was fighting back. Or I don't understand. I don't understand. When they got there, what was that interaction like? Was he violent? Was he resistive? Did they have to wrestle him down? And then did he wrongly stay down? But nonetheless, the officer stands on his knee for nine minutes. The guy subsequently dies. It's not 
absolutely confirmed that he died from the knee on his neck because there was um, uh, it wasn't his death. The autopsy reports didn't couldn't clearly state that it was like suffocation, (laughs) and because there were other problems. Because like you said, when you have fentanyl, one of the most deadly drugs in your system, um, it, it causes other complications. But nonetheless, and he had other comorbidities too. But anyways, so you have that happen. Now tell me, legitimately tell me, and you can tell you can counter this if you want. Um, if if you think there's some reason for it, so that situation I just described, completely free of race, was that was that a wrong situation? Meaning, was that a situation of pre- police brutality? Uh, I mean, I just I look at it. Like, like you said, I don't know what happened up to that point. I don't know mm-hmm. if the gentleman so being just, arrested... Yeah, just go off of the facts that we do know. But, what we but seen, nine minutes on a guy's neck, that feels like that's just bad in general. Yeah, oh not? yeah, that's, that's excessive. Yeah. Now, what we look at, too, the other thing that we learn is that this cop has had 18-plus complaints over the course of his career. Right. He's had problems on the... This is a problem child. And so then, when you know that history, and you know the history of mm-hmm. the person who died tragically, that they had been in and out of prison, I don't know, nine times, and not to get caught up in his history, but just saying, like, this guy didn't live a great life. Right. He's not saying he deserved to die. Everyone deserves a chance at life, but when you, try, when you constantly throw it away by making poor choices, it's like there's only so much you can do. But nonetheless, I don't know, when I step back and I look at it like that, there's not a piece missing that requires... Oh, he saw this black guy, and he did hit, and he, and he, because he was black, he was extra violent with him, or, or, or something like that. All of this checks out to be that this could happen to any. This could have happened to any person, any 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 person of any color that was um, that was in the situation. And so when I look at it that way, and I pull back from the racial aspect, I say. This wasn't this wasn't a racist thing because I well, and I only say that because I feel like he gets portrayed as like he white on black police brutality because there's a disproportionate supposedly there's a disproportionate amount of excessive force used on black people versus any other race from cops specifically and when in fact this situation isn't a good example of that in my opinion but that's the one that gets used and I'm just like yeah, yeah. you kind of missed the mark do I think that the uh, the police was a bit excessive in what he did yes mm-hmm. I think the you know the knee on the neck thing that was that was a bit excessive um, were both parties at fault uh, both the victim and the police I think so I think you know the uh, what was it? George is George that Floyd George Floyd, um, you know, on drugs uh, was trying to. I don't know if it's a felony, but definitely trying to commit a crime using counterfeit bills. I think it is because it's federal. Like federal? it's money. Probably. Yeah, it's money, which is a federal thing. Which is you know, currency is on the federal level. It's kind of like mm-hmm. you know, if you like open someone else's mail, it's a federal crime. Yeah. So I imagine so. So both parties, I think, both parties were in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, both parties uh, definitely happens? guilty in some aspect. Now, do I think that this particular circumstance warranted um, riots and warranted damage of property? 
on either side, whether it be police yeah. or whether it be uh, private or commercial property. Um, not two blocks, you know, down the road from where I live, a lady pretty much lost her business. An innocent lady lost her business. And she was just, the only reason she did that was just because she was caught in the firefight of that's where these protests and these marches were going through her area. Mm -hmm. And they just happened to be by this building. So they, you know, threw stuff through the windows. They set it on fire. And she was like, I'm with the protest. I'm with this process. And and I got, Mm -hmm. you know, my my building got damaged. There's collateral damage. And it's just like... A lot of people see it as like justified because the system is broken. But the problem is, is like the evidence is kind of is, is really to the contrary when you get into the details. But um, I'm for I'm I'm for protesting. I'm for you know if you want to get your voice heard, you know I'm for a peaceful protest. You know, and I probably would have joined these protests had it not been for you know either I was out of town or I was doing something. But or the uh, risk that I was working, was, or the yeah, the just, inherent risk at that actually half these protests devolved into riots, and so yeah. the fact that they're like, oh, it was a peaceful protest, and it got infiltrated by these white wokes who tried to do it, and it's like, calm down, dude. I there's it just it's protests that just aren't it's get out of control, turn into riots, yeah. and that's what it was like. So I'm not with the you know like the riots. I don't mm-hmm. like you know the rioting, and I've had people tell me that it's like, well. Drastic measures needed to be taken for our voices to get heard. Not really. No. And even the uh, the president of the uh, the BLM movement here in the city was actually on the news saying, "We're not. We're, this isn't us. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this isn't." And I wish I knew her name because she's an awesome lady for for saying this and for standing up on the news and saying, "We are not." condoning these riots this is not us actually i if you're listening in on this please stop these riots right now we are not getting our voices heard this way this is not the way to do it if you want to have your voice heard we are doing a protest here's the dates here's the times here's where we're going please come and join us but i beg you please stop with the riots because that's not how change is going to happen so that's kind of my two cents on that subject you know, I'm for the protest, but when it comes to damage of property, commercial, private, you know, whatever, I, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't really care for, for that. Dude, and it's, yeah, it's just so crazy. So on that subject, I want to uh, grill you because we just talked about social media. We talked about racial stuff a little bit. So <clears throat> tell me why you're anti-white and pro-black in real life. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't, uh, uh, maybe. So we have a friend who uh, oh. nameless, he posted a he posted a status on Facebook. He said, "I'm pro-black and anti-white in real life." And you commented and said, "Same." Same. That's all you said. I laughed so hard, and I. Uh, that's why I did it. Um, this is a mutual friend of ours yeah. that we can have these oh types of gosh. open conversations, and we can have, um, we can have some like I think. Some pretty racial conversations um, with this individual, and I think that they will, in turn, keep a cool head and and will actually engage and have a conversation with us. Um, he is very um, uh, uh, obviously pro-black. He is very um, 
what am I thinking of woke or in sync with his culture um, and heritage, and he is he's all about it. He'll tell you straight up. Um, but yeah, he's one of the he's one of those that will be like, uh, yeah, I am pro black and anti white and mean it. Yeah, and then I I know that I can go on there and comment and be and same right, same, and he will get a chuckle out of yeah. that. Because uh, he knows, you know, who I am, and he knows, you know, where right. I fit into that, into this world. So <laughs> that's what when you said that, I had this little look of bewilderment. Like, wait, what a minute, what did I do? What did I say? And that's then right, you committed I had to, to a stance. Man. I had to, uh, I had to think about that. You so committed funny. to a stance. That's I so funny. I laughed. But, <laughs> um, in part, yeah, he. Um, Oh shoot! I just lost it. But anyways, yeah. So so why are you uh, pro black and anti white? Why <laughs> why am I pro black and anti white? Um, which by the way is racist. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we can, I mean that's its own podcast. So uh, yeah, do. I mean we just as the white people have just kept the black people. Do- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please <laughs> okay. do not quote you me had on me, that. You had yeah. me for a second. You had no, me. No. I'm not gonna lie. You had me for a second. <laughs> oh, which. Man, it's yeah, it's crazy. So, what do you make? What do you make of all this <clears throat> infiltrating sports? How do you feel about it? I'll give you a quick synopsis hmm. while you gather your thoughts. Sure. I am a little bothered by it because, not so much because I disagree with which. So I'll tell you this: Black Lives Matter, the organization, I disagree with. Black Lives Matter, the sentiment, which by the way, everyone <clears throat> feels this way, except for maybe a few crazies who live off in the woods and do their skinhead things. Um, the statement, yeah, sure, I agree with that. I agree with that in the same way that I think that every human life is individual, unique, and has inherent value, and they are all equally as valuable. So, but then the organization just just has certain tenets and things that um, just I just don't disagree. Like it's gotten it's it's so off base and. In, in several ways that I'm just like I don't so support this. It's this a, just shows you how ignorant I am and how I'm just I'm just not I just don't keep up with the times or the news whatever. So are you saying like the the organization itself has now or is now uh, saying Black Lives Matter more than other li- is that well? What so if you haven't watched the Terry Crews stuff, go look up Terry Crews on Black Lives Matter. It's incredible, but because he he literally makes that statement where he's like, I don't I don't want this. He goes, I don't want this movement to evolve into Black Lives Better, which in in some aspects it is. But I say I don't agree with the organization. Not not mainly because of that. Mainly because in when you when you go to the website and you look at their about, one of their abouts is basically they're 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 trying to. Which you, we can call it denuclearized. They're trying to break up the traditional idea of the nuclear family. That they they kind of disavow that. Meaning, uh, you have a two parent household. You have a mother and father, and which is in two in two ways ridiculous to me because the nuclear family, by all every measurable um, stat, is what leads to prosperity in life and good choices. Two parent households. Uh, or at least having a father-like, a mother-like figure in your in your life in a healthy household automatically puts your chances at like going to prison, graduating school. Like it makes all those chances um, trend towards the positive side, meaning your chances of like 
being a criminal, going to prison, are drastically lower than if you are a single parent. And then your chances of graduating high school, graduating college, getting a job, whatever. Um, there's also choices that you eventually have to make. But just off the bat, that's a big thing. And twofold, the other side of that, though, why that's kind of ridiculous is in the black community, This is, and this is a tragedy, it has already been done. The single motherhood rate is in the mid-70s. Meaning three out of every four black babies born, which right now um, there are more black babies aborted in New York than born. So there's another problem that I could get into. It all just changed. But three are born in a single parent household. Starting on, start, you want to talk about starting on the wrong foot. Meaning, so you want to... They don't. The, the nuclear family is is all but disappeared from the black community already, but then also the nuclear family is not a net negative. It's a net positive, and that's been proven by every single metric you can look at. There's there's no world where they say the nuclear family is a problem, and you know they try and get into it and talk about well, you know, we want our communities to be like a village and yada yada yada, which I I do agree with that part of it, but. Like certain, like that kind of aspect. Also, too, in terms of the national chapter, the, there's some questions among the founders. One of them has a photo sur- surfaced of her with uh, President Maduro, who is the who is who is the dictator responsible for not giving up power and, and driving Venezuela into deep so uh, poverty. Socialist poverty right now, and you want to talk about you know people are digging through the trash, starving to death. Venezuela is in a state of maybe irreparable decay because of this guy. And then the other ones, it's come through the grapevine where they have said in interviews or something they are trained Marxists, and I don't know how much you know about like philosophical theories, but basically you know Karl Marx was he he wrote the Communist Manifesto, mm-hmm. so that's the ide- ideology that they buy into, and I'm like that's not okay. So that's why I say like the organization. Meaning, because Black Lives Matter is an organization in that sense. Like, it's a physical, like, think of it like this. Like, it, it's almost like you have Black Lives Matter, meaning it, the phrase, because the phrase is so vague, right? Mm-hmm. You can say Black Lives Matter. Yes, I agree with you. Black Lives Matter. And you say donate to Black Lives Matter. No, I will not do that because I don't agree with that organization. And so that's where I get, I agree with the sentiment, meaning the statement itself. Okay. But I don't agree with the organization and align with the organization because there are there are problems with that just to add one quick one another problem i have is the fact that literally don lemon on cnn said black lives matter isn't about it's about police brutality even though in their in their about section they cover trans lives they cover they cover way more than police brutality and he tried to he talked over Terry Crews and basically, because Terry Crews brought up, what about all the black people dying, all the toddlers and babies that have been shot in the streets in New York and Chicago um, specifically, but Detroit, you have by the tens, sometimes even the hundreds, you have the black community being killed by the black community. And, but that doesn't get even grouped in with this organization at all when that's really, truly the number one killer and a lot of next to abortion another discussion but is 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 the number one killer in the black community now the thing the caveat with all of this is I, n- I didn't anticipate to talk this much about the black community specifically i'm not a member technically speaking of the black community but i go back to my earlier point of there are certain issues and problems that are bigger than that are that are 
independent upon your personal experience that you can look at and say, hey, that's bad. Like a car on fire. Hey, that's bad, right? I don't have to be in the car to know that a car on fire is bad. Right. I can look at a car or see, or it doesn't have to be my car to know that that's bad. I can just see any car on fire and know that's bad. But Mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to stop myself and let you chime in. Um, I know I covered a lot. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that that's as far as like the Black Lives Matter well, uh, go organization. Look, go look at their website yeah. and read through their tenets, dude. I encourage you, read about their founders and you learn because, and then I feel like a lot of people are probably in that situation, right? Is it's just kind of, and that's the genius of calling it Black Lives Matter is because you have to be so careful. Like I have to be technically careful because if I'm like, I don't support Black Lives Matter, people are like, you don't care about Black Lives? Because the title that they have for the organization is so vague and generic like that, that, and 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 so in some ways well, charged, it's right? Almost, I guess it's almost kind of. I mean, you could do that honestly with any organization, though, right? I mean, you could, you know, have a an organization that I don't know. I mean, you can either pick an organization that's already established or. Like if we were, this may even be an organization. Gosh, I just I need to catch up on just relevance and news. But say you and I wanted to start an organization called Feed the Hungry America, you know, right. whatever. And we start this organization, and we get uh, sponsors, or we either even get uh, beneficiaries mm-hmm. that you know will will pledge you know X amount of dollars to get us started. We're like, awesome, this is cool, yeah. Feed America or uh, feed. Feed the Hungry America yeah. is up and running and it's going and we just received a million dollars from mm-hmm. this person. Awesome. Great. It's a great organization and we're doing good things. But this person that donated a million dollars, you could look into their history and be like, oh crap, well, they just took a picture with Donald Trump or mm-hmm. they uh, you know, were seen, I don't know, surfing down in Haiti while throwing a can into the ocean and... Right. Teaching a baby to smoke, you know, just so I mean that could, I mean you could really go into almost any organization and kind of dig around in like their founders or their beneficiary beneficiaries and see there might be some dirt dug up on them. I agree. I people are fundamentally flawed, and you're gonna find people who do bad things. Now, however, that doesn't take away from the merit of his donation to try and feed the hungry. But what I'm talking about though is in these are the roots of the organization. It's not. Like this is what the everything else stems from these these tenets, these mm-hmm. beliefs. And if that's the if that's your jumping off point, I'm and I'm and I'm not for the jumping off point, well it's hard for me to really jump get on board with something further down the tracks then. Because I know that this is founded. If you believe in breaking up the new the traditionally prescribed what they call like the West the Western prescribed nuclear family, which I would say is a good thing and mo- and almost all the metrics say is a good thing, then then that means partnering with your organization in some way is probably out outside of my is something I'm not going to do because I know that that is a fundamental belief with you. It's almost like a Christian trying to marry a Muslim. Think of it like that, right? Mm-hmm. They technically couldn't do that because from the Muslim side, it's like your fundamental beliefs are different. You cannot coexist. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen and couldn't work out. But I'm saying if you truly, if each person truly holds to their fundamental beliefs, it's literally not a thing that can happen. 
So if you are at a rally and you see like they're taking up donations for Black Lives Matter, I'm not gonna donate. Not will, the organization. Just oh. if it's just a, a. I'm probably gonna hesitate not donate because I don't. Because another thing too that I'm a stickler about is if unless I know directly where my dollars where it's are going. going. Okay. Now not all the time because I also am a man of faith and I believe that um, if God, if I feel, if I feel moved to give, whether it's a homeless man on the street or something like that, if I feel, if I feel. What I would believe is, is you know, kind of God almost leading me or leading my heart to say like, hey, like, oh, you know, this is this this is this one's hit me mm-hmm. in a spot like ah, I I feel led to do this, I will do it. But for the most part, I'm hesitant. Okay, that know? was that you kind of answered my my mm-hmm. next question was if I knew where like the money was 100% going, I'm more apt to give than if it's mm-hmm. just like oh, it just goes to this organization or it goes to. It goes to this. I'm like, okay, well, are we are we feeding the pockets of somebody? Are right. we are we you know is this really going to how help much someone? how much of this one dollar am I going to give is actually going to right, the work it's right. going to be done? That's always the question because a lot of times you know only twelve fifteen cents out of that dollar actually go because they have expenses and things that they need mm-hmm. to cover. Now, not to say you don't want to get too nitpicky, but for me also too, the bigger thing that I'm hitting on is that like. Violence in inner city Chicago and New York right now, especially where a one-year-old got shot in the stroller and died, and uh, and nobody had anything anything to say about it. Like, I don't. They're missing part of a the, a huge problem. So when I look at everything, and particularly like when I've heard I've heard several people break down police statistics and. Specifically, um, statistics related to um, race, and you want to talk about that, and meaning um, white officers are least are less likely than Hispanic or black officers to fire their weapon on a uh, a say a Hispanic or black person, um, and part of that could be the social pressure right now. But uh, the fact that there was 19 white unarmed people killed by police last year, and there was only nine black ones, but and that didn't even get into the devil of the details. Meaning, just because these are unarmed, that doesn't mean they didn't have a gun in the center console or they weren't reaching for something. They unarmed just literally means I don't have it in my hands right now, ready to go. Yeah, and and the fact that really that most of the statistics in terms of policing don't support the idea that uh, black people are disproportionately. Um, Disproportionately, you know, killed, specifically killed, uh, disproportionately, unjustifiably so. That's the other caveat. You can look at raw numbers, but you have to say were these justified killings? Were these unjustified? Like Rashard Brooks in Atlanta, he that was totally justified. The man wrestled away, wrestled two officers, got one of their tasers, tased one, grabbed, the, kept the taser, ran off, pointed the taser again to fire backwards, and they killed him. They, they and they were like, nope, this got out of hand, and shot him. And 20 minutes leading up to that, had a totally reasonable, calm conversation. And then the moment they said, all right, man, we're going to have to arrest you. Like, I need you to, like, put your hands behind your back. He, like, he did one of those, like, slow plays where, you know, he, like, was like, okay. And then he, like, fought back. So it was, like, one of those where the person made the decision. But, um, gosh, I just get so off track so easily. But he, basically, it's just, like, I, I think I think it's missing the mark in a lot of ways. The fact that like it's it's almost like a blind eye right now when I hear a lot of voices that are saying like what about the 74 uh, people killed in Chicago last weekend that was black on black crime? Like there's nothing that's not being addressed. Like the number one the top two reasons that black people are dying in America right now and 
you can fact check me on this because this isn't totally verified, but I'm pretty positive this is going to be right, is because it's other black people killing black people and it's abortion. Yeah. That's not being... Well, I mean, it's not the hot topic. It's yeah. not... Like, if abortion... If this was, you know... If we were living in the, the state of abortion, then that would be the hot topic. Mm-hmm. That's what... That's another reason why I don't really care for, like, politics. Because right. I think almost any news source and every news source is going to lean a certain way. Everyone's biased. So it's on... Individual responsibility, dude. Yeah. You go watch CNN, then watch Fox, or honestly, not CNN. Go, go watch something <laughs> else. But um, you know, you watch Fox, watch CNN, read, read Daily Wire, read Huff Post, read Washington Post, New York Times, and then the, yeah. and then the Wall Street Journal or New York Post or National Review. And, you know, just kind of bounce back and forth because and and because usually the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I totally agree with you. And yeah. if anyone acts like their new source is totally unbiased, then they're wrong. Right. And then people who are still living like that need to change. But on the other half of it, though, is I don't see... I see... So for me... for I see... I don't see the other side of the news story as being evil and depraved. Yeah. I just see it as, oh, I think their, their bias they put into it shifted the story this way. But I don't see them as evil... I think they can do bad things, and there's certain there's there's plenty of those things that happen to Trump specifically. But yeah, I have family members that will only watch a certain news mm-hmm. source and will regurgitate what they've heard on the news. And I've done and, some of that too. And that's well, what I'm getting at is that's what they stick by, mm-hmm. and that's they're it. willing to die by it. Like yeah. my friend has a story where he, when he was little, his dad told him that so and so was gay. Some actor was like gay, mm-hmm. and he he was like okay, and so like he goes through life a little bit and gets a little bit you know ten years gets a decade down the line he's like in college or something and and he brings it up and his buddy's like no he's not and he's like oh I'm pretty sure he is like and the guy's like all right where'd you hear that and he goes and he stops and he goes oh my dad and he's like where'd your dad hear he's like, I don't know and so next time he was talking to his dad he brought it up and he goes you know he's not gay dad and his dad goes really he goes, eh, sure felt, he said something along the lines of like, was like, oh, I can't remember the wording, but literally yeah. his dad was working <laughs> off of a hunch. Yeah. Like, sure felt eh, like it. The yeah. way that he looked in that one movie, it yeah. was a little. Eh, sure gave me those gay vibes. Yeah. And then it was like, but that, but it's the same yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. right? Like his dad is literally working off of no just working off a hunch, but then he blindly believes that. And then you get so far down the road that you, you're like, oh yeah. And you're telling people this and you're, mm-hmm. you're spreading that around. It's the same sort of situation. Is that like if all we hear and read are headlines, that's all we spread. That's why I hate headlines sometimes, though, is because they're so misleading. Bleach Report does it to me a lot. Well, it's it's the, you know, just coming from a, my slight journalistic background is um, one of the things that they taught was you have pre- pretty much three seconds. You have three seconds if somebody's just, yeah. let's take a, a newspaper. Somebody's scrolling through the newspaper you have three seconds to capture their attention. Mm-hmm. So your headline needs to capture the attention. It needs to be good. And then you have the next f- six to ten seconds within your first paragraph to make them continue reading you know something the funny? rest of the segment. I'm so straightforward that I skip the first paragraph usually. Yeah. Or a couple. Because 
you know, half the time it's like some crazy introductory, like they're trying yeah. to be wordsmiths. I'm like, I don't care about this stuff. What what happened? What actually? Yeah, I literally skip those because I'm like, if I'm already here, I just want to know, like, like I'm almost more like, hey, just bullet point it for me mm-hmm. and just tell me objectively what happened. And because I don't care about this, it was a small t- in small towns across upstate Pennsylvania. I'm like, I don't care. Tell me what happened. Right, oh, right. a guy got stabbed in upstate Pennsylvania. <laughs> and it's some deeper conspiracy that goes back to this law firm in New York City. Like, okay, cool. But I didn't need that intro. Right. Um, let's talk about masks. Oh, let's gosh. talk about... Okay. So, I, well, we said it earlier. Here we um, go. That... Hold on. Before you do that. Okay, sure. Before you do that, I want to bring up something that came across my updates. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that you know, as of recording this, the the first NBA scrimmages in Disney are happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this one is blowing up Twitter right now. Denver Nuggets starting lineup for the scrimmage um, at guard. Nikola D- Denver Nuggets, right? Yeah, okay. Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic. Okay. Um, the center, he's at guard. At other guard, Jeremy Grant. Then at forward, Bowl Bowl. Then at forward, Paul Millsap. And at center, Mason Plumley. They are running five forwards. <laughs> that is yeah, starting. That's a, that's a that's a big lineup in the the like the aspect of size. That's oh. a big lineup. They just they have to be like. <laughs> That just has to be a joke on their end. Like, it's yeah. a scrimmage. Like, they just have to be running right. around. But the fact that they did that, and, like, that's the official graphic, too, that, like, if you're watching the game, it shows up. <laughs> it lists all five positions. Dude. It's like, uh, it's it would be like if uh, oh, they did it, uh, what was it, the last celebrity, or not celebrity, but the last All-Star game where, like, Luca mm-hmm. and uh, uh, De'Aaron Fox did the tip. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a joke. Yeah. Like it's they're they're having fun and they can do that because it's right. a scrimmage. So I just wanted to that that just cracked me up. Uh, so, anyways, you want to talk about masks? All right. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. Um, a lot of cities um, around the globe, either or in the, at least in the nation, um, are either have put into effect mask mandates or are now starting with either spikes going on in their city or whatever. Starting to put in city ordinances with masks up, mask uh, mandatory, mask and and uh, updates on that. Ours just became just came into effect. Uh, was today's what Wednesday, mm-hmm. Friday? It was voted on last Friday. It was voted on, and I believe yeah, I remember watching it. it I think passed. it. I think it passed it and did. was um, put into effect immediately. Yep. So like, well, they 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 voted for it to be a thing, and then they voted on when it should go into effect, and and both those were yeses. Yeah. So, so yes starting like I think it was like midday Friday, so then starting like Saturday morning on your which is hilarious because I had gotten like four updates from random businesses like Walmart and Sam's Club that starting the twenty first they were gonna mandate mask inside, and I was like, well, you can repeal that because now it's just required. Period. Right. Um. So I uh, actually just got a, a, a new job mm-hmm. uh, here recently. I work at a gym. Um, and when the COVID things uh, first started over here in the States, and 
excuse me, we had that big shutdown. The gym actually shut down. Yeah. You know, it shut down. It freezed accounts for like, I don't know, like two or three months maybe. And then they started um, coming in with these phases saying like these places can open with limited uh, people mm-hmm. inside and you have to, you know, maintain social distancing and obviously sanit- sanitizing and all that stuff. So the gym uh, opened back up, which is awesome. Um, it opened back up. You were able to do your workouts. Uh, no masks were required at this time. However, some uh, guests did wear them just for their own personal safety. Um, so no masks were ever mandated up until this point uh, last weekend. So we obviously, um, now that I'm employed there, we, we're obviously telling guests to you know remain six feet apart, obviously sanitize your workstations, which you should do already if you're working like, out and being sweaty. You should just be a normal human being. And Gyms already had good protocols to fight COVID before COVID. Yeah. So, like, you know, just clean up after yourself, really. I mm-hmm. mean, it comes down to the smallest things, but just clean up after yourself. But now we're starting to mandate masks. And oh boy, the roller coaster that it has been on. You would think that, you know, hey man, it's the city. It's nothing against you. It's not me. It's not the gym. It's the mm-hmm. city that says, hey, it's, it's an ordinance, it's a law. Um,. People are fighting tooth and nail, you know, just, and they're, we're, the ordinance is kind of vague on like what, if you you don't have to wear a mask, if you have X, Y, Z. So we're now getting members coming in and guests coming in. It's like, well, I don't have to wear a mask because I have asthma or because I have an underlying heart condition, which is a bit more serious than asthma, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't have to wear a mask because of this. And so obviously we, we don't want to get into anybody's medical history. And obviously that's too personal anyways. And we're trying to accommodate and have that customer service of like, sure, you know, we want to accommodate you. Here's just what we're doing. Um, you might get approached later on in your workout saying, hey man, you don't have a mask on, what's up? You will get approached by a lot of people. Just know that that's going to happen. Just say that you've talked to one of us. Um, But now I think some people that don't have these conditions are now catching on and they're like, oh, I have a medical thing. And we can't ask, you know, we can't ask what it is. No. But we had uh, one guy um, you know, come in, you check in at the desk. Hey man, you're not wearing your mask. Just blow up. Like dude blows up on us and then starts going on this masks are not proven to, mm-hmm. you know, prevent anything. You're actually harming your body even more. Um, and then goes and starts saying like, we're all sheep. Um, <laughs> we're all just following or, or, or what was it? We're all just, uh, sucking on the teat of, the corporations and went on this huge conspiracy theory oh, rant yeah. and we're just like okay man like it's just a city ordinance we're just doing what we're told if okay, the dude. CDC or if somebody from the city comes in here they could actually shut the gym mm-hmm. down so would you rather us stay open or would you just rather yeah, do you wear want a mask? gym or do you want to be a dick right and we're providing masks for people that... It's not like we're turning people away and take, mm-hmm. tell them to go back home. I will say this. The gym of all places, 
So, like, having... Because I go to this gym is, like... I was doing, like, squats and bench and stuff the other day. And it was difficult. Um, I mean, you can get a mask that has, like, a little, you know, breathers on it. And yeah. it's going to be a little bit harder to breathe. But, like, mine kept sucking up into my nostrils. Oh, yeah. And so, like, it was, like, the plastic bag effect. And, like, it was, it was actually screwing up my breathing. And... Um, pretty frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, I can understand. I, I wish it was more like if you were actively lifting, like you can poop. And then, and then if you, when you go to move around though, throw it back on because. Okay. So, so that's actually a good point because that's what we were, whenever this was going on Friday, that's what we were told. We were like, Hey, um, this is going, this is. They're going to probably vote yes on mm-hmm. this, so this is what we're going to do kind of preemptively. So when you're coming to the gym, when you're walking from you know yeah. from the gym to the locker room, whatever, have it on. Going between equipment. Yeah. Like you, but when you're once moving. you're in your workout, mm-hmm. once you're in your station, which the stations are pretty far apart. Yeah. They're at least, I don't have a tape measure, <laughs> but I would say they're six feet. You know what the CDC mm-hmm. would recommend is a safe distance uh, apart from each other. Once you're doing your workout... You can have it off. That's yeah. what we were telling people in well, the beginning. that's what it was initially. Yeah. And I was like, cool, that makes sense. Like, I'll wear a mask in the front door. If I go back to the bathroom, I'll even do it when I move between equipment or walk, or I'm walking in the main walkways because, you know, that's what they talk about. This is the droplets that go, and so that's what causes problems. But, like, if I'm sitting on a – if I'm laying on a bench press, I don't – and I'm benching, I don't need my mask. Like, yeah, it's going to spew up, but everything's going to be wiped down and sanitized – and uh, so those particles aren't going to go anywhere necessarily. No. And so, yeah, that's that's where I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. So that's what I was going to find out, like, what your take on, you know, wearing masks, if you think they're they're helping, if you think that they're not, what, what your thoughts were. Well, you have to keep in perspective what's the goal here, right? Initial goal, when this all hit, was flatten the curve, meaning... Lockdown so that we won't so it won't spread so quickly that we overwhelm our healthcare system like Italy, like Spain, and like some of these other places where they were like triaging units, having to decide who lives and who dies because they don't have enough ventilators and beds. We did that, so we need to open back up. But it's transformed into I think there's this people don't realize that what they're saying is actually. Like when you, if you go to the root of that, like, okay, what does that imply? The implications behind the types of things that they say imply that we are trying to eradicate this, which we are, but that we could feasibly do it if everyone wore a mask, if everyone social distanced, or if we just locked down for another 30 days, which isn't the case. This thing is here, it's resilient, and it's here to stay. So now what it's become is become like any other disease, the everyone's favorite and hated comparison, the flu, in the sense that the flu is here every year, you get your vaccination, we do everything we can within reason to stem the flu, but we understand that there's a level of inevitability that people are going to get it, and some people are going to die. And it's the same thing with this. Now, this is a little bit more unknown, meaning we don't have decades upon decades of research about this disease. It's a new one, it's a new virus, a new strain of it, and we don't know all the ins and outs. But part of the problem that you run into is is that people want to act like if we all just wear a mask, which, by the way, 
I see so many people wearing them wrong. And when you wear it wrong, meaning you wear it below your nose, it completely defeats the purpose of wearing a mask. You're covering or, your mouth, but now, guess what? All the droplets and stuff come out of your yeah. nose. Or like the reusable ones, you don't properly clean them. Yeah, you don't clean daily, them. Daily, not like a week thing. You don't clean them. It, it, and so the thing the thing that I see is like the sentiment here, or you know, the idea is, is great, but the problem, what's the problem? It's people. What's the, what is almost always the problem with these types of issues? It's people. It's people being stubborn, people being lazy, people not doing, you can include me in this. It's just a general thing. Like it's an, a small inconvenience that we really don't want to deal with. Um, I think specifically with the gym, it really hinders my workout. And uh, I don't know. I might like try and just like unhook my mask and pump out my reps and then put it right back on without getting caught because I did one workout with my mask on the whole time and half the time it would go up in my nose and I couldn't breathe for that second and a half and it's like screws like it was very un- or like in the middle of a squat that happens and it's yeah. like I it, it screws me up in like a it's not this isn't inconvenient anymore this is actually like screwing yeah. up my workout and uh, that's the no, weird thing I, uh, I'm glad uh, they don't mandate them in the cardio area that makes sense so yeah. they've been sensible enough with, with, but with this ordinance though that's the problem that you run into and the secondary problem that was so I watched a lot of city council meeting um, where they were voting and making their arguments, and they're talking about like enforcing this, meaning like what's gonna like a big part of the conversation was the fines. What's the fines? So uh, back to the general question, though. Oh, yeah. I think, and I haven't done, I haven't seen a good amount of research on it because I haven't done a good amount of research on it. But as far as how preventative masks actually are, I know they are very preventative when it comes to. The amount of droplets that come out of my mouth when I talk, when I sneeze, when I laugh, when I cough, whatever, and versus when I'm wearing a mask versus when I'm not is a big difference. Now, other factors that come into play. How long does the virus live on the ground in UV light? Oh, guess what? It dies within 10 or 15 seconds, meaning if I'm outside walking in the park, I don't need to wear a mask. And that's one important thing that I like about our ordinance. It says masks indoors right because recirculated air that's where the virus stays alive and that's where it goes when you control the environment and that's what's funny about some of the lockdowns where they're getting on to people for being outside or like being at the beach is like you understand that like yeah the beach yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't the the beach act the virus dies in uv light and so and so it's like i me going outside versus staying in an air-conditioned climate-controlled room with recirculated air actually makes my chances less of getting it. I got so aggravated early, early on, like three, four months ago, Mm -hmm. whenever they did this shutdown. I got so aggravated because I'm an avid disc golfer. I love playing disc golf. I love playing golf. I love just being outdoors. Mm -hmm. So whenever they had this shutdown and, you know, my, I never stopped working, but my hours definitely diminished. I was like, sweet. I get more time for disc golf. That's Uh awesome. And then they shut the parks down. Like, first of all, how do you shut down a park? What? Uh, yeah, I don't. But I mean, they did. Even the park that's right outside mm-hmm. by the house. Like, they have police perimetering the park twenty four seven. And you know, some like, of these cops have to be like, I like that's you want to talk about a hard position. You like you have to go in and enforce oh. this, and you maybe don't want to. Yeah. No, the disc golf. Uh, mm-hmm. All the disc golf courses. They pulled the baskets. So I mean. You could still go to the park, but the main part of the park that I would go to would be the disc golf right. part. 
there's no point because it's just you're just walking through trees. And but that just goes to show you is just like when you have the unknown and you have fear and fear of that unknown, logic goes out the window a lot. Of times yeah, and things aren't thought through, and so I don't, and so that's where it's like I'm more so. I hold to the position that, at, look, if you're going to be in public places, wear, wear a freaking mask. Wear yeah. it right. As far as the mask mandate, I haven't fully come to a conclusion. Part of me is like, ah, you got to be careful with how quickly we want to jump to just mandating crap and making ordinances on crap. Because I definitely, on a fundamental level, the moment you start just like, you just shove, start shoveling out liberty for security, the, the thing, the classic, you know, idea is that like when you when you sacrifice your liberty for your security two things happen is you're willingly putting yourself in a position to be to be put under tyranny but also you're never going to get that liberty back like when you give power to just to use a general term the government when you give that up or give up rights to the government even if it's pitched as temporary nine times out of ten actually more ten times out of ten you do not. You will not get those rights back when it's over. They will find reasons to keep it, yeah. and that's that's how you end up with you know such a big inflated government. I can see that, and that, that's probably where that the the gentleman who was telling us that we're feeding into or that we're sheep and we're just feeding into the herder. But like, uh, why am I going to scream at you guys at the gym because it's literally an ordinance and you're just yeah. What do you What are you trying to do? You're trying to work to earn money to live. I'm trying to not get this place shut down because I need this job, you know? You need a job because you need to make money so you can feed yourself, so you can pay your rent. And so that's where it's like it comes into the place where I'm of the mind of like, let's not shut down. Let's let people get back to work because this unemployment's out of control. And we have to accept a certain uh, assumed risk or inherent risk. So something coming from like a kinesiology background, like in in college, took a class that was – that we talked about like waivers, liability and all that stuff. Like for instance, you go to a gym to work out. Guess what? You are assuming a certain level of risk that I could drop a weight on my toe and break my toe. I shouldn't then get mad and say that I, you know, Oh, I had all these injuries at the gym. Well, what were you doing? Well, I was doing some, um, some complex, um, lifts under load, like a jerk and a snatch, you know, and I threw my shoulder out or something like that. And it's like, well, you can't really get too mad at that if you were because that's a that's an assumed risk for yeah. that activity. Kind of the same thing here. Like there is just an inherent like there's an inevitable side to this that this thing is here and so what we want to do now is we want to we, we want to keep people from getting it as best as possible within reason, but I don't want to keep people for instance say like you, I don't want to you know cause a gym to shut down and then 25, 50, I don't know how many people work there. Say 50 people are out of a job now, and so now they don't have a source of income, and because we don't want we don't want a, one more person to get this. Because guess what? That's not that's an unreasonable expectation, and so that's where I'm at. It's like have everyone wear a mask. Guess what? Most places were mandating a mask indoors anyways before this ordinance came into place. So in a lot of ways, it feels like a redundancy to me personally. So I was like, I don't know. I feel like most places were mandating it. And and leaving and I I like leaving it up to the businesses, but um, I think I'm just glad our whole the whole Oklahoma state government as a whole hasn't mandated it because that's 
that's where I'm like, eh, step too far. Leave it up to the municipalities, for instance. Yeah. You know, like right now it's left up to the counties. So the counties are voting on whether they want mask mandates in their areas. And I think that's that's our system working how it should, meaning the localities manage themselves because they know their situations best. Uh, but as far as masks go in general, it helps – but dadgummit, dude, we don't know enough about this. It helps, but the problem is people. People don't wear them right. People don't clean them. Yeah. And so, in a lot of ways, that cancels out wearing a mask. But I'd rather be safe than sorry. And, you know, just keep... Go to the grocery store, wear a mask, yeah. whatever. That's what do I've it. told... That's at. I mean, the people that, you know, like, are irate, obviously, just from a customer stand, customer service standpoint, you try to empathize and, yeah. and talk with them. You're like, dude, I get it. I understand. Like, it is hard mm-hmm. to wear a mask because I was wearing, before I, I purchased the mask that I did, um, was just one of those cowls. Oh, yeah. You know, you pull up from the neck and just wear over the nose and mouth. And yeah, just if I was in a, a deep, heavy workout and I was mouth breathing, like, it would suck in. I was like, yeah. this sucks. It goes in your in your nostrils I was like, or it in sucks. your mouth. It's hot, you know. I hate this. So all that, all that hot air goes right up yeah. your face. I actually, and I've been thinking about this even before the mask mandate, but like buying one of those like endurance style masks. Oh yeah. Like, so I bought one, and then this ordinance happened. I'm like, oh well, I that just works. Killed <laughs> two birds with one stone. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. little ventilators in it. It it doesn't like it hovers over like yeah. my mouth area. It's not like right up uh, on my good. mouth. So it doesn't suck in to my nose or my mouth. I mean, that's what I wear. Heck yeah. I mean... Maybe I should get one of those. Not saying that, you know, I'm just like, well, everybody should just go out and spend $20 on the... You know, because maybe some people don't sense, have though, 20 bucks. But... If you're at the gym every day, Dagummit... Oh, you yeah. If you can mask, go to the gym every day ooh. and, you know, afford the membership, then you can probably find yourself at least a $20 mask like mine that... You know, would help, but I, I understand that it's you know that's not everybody's circumstance either. Okay, I think I found them. Dust is it? Is it called a dust mask? Ah. Because the two that I've come up when I just searched mask on Amazon brought it up. So I did like mask for working out. Ooh. Uh, but I'll show you. There you go. Like the, my order. So I mean, I'm kind of a little apathetic because I yeah sports dust mask I make it a, I make it a practice to be like before I really really commit hard to a stance I really want to understand make sure I understand a lot of the the facts around the matter and I don't I just don't know a ton ton about masks I do yeah. know that they they do help in some instance but like there is a certain level of in- inevitability that it's gonna like it's gonna um it might help, but it's not going to guarantee anything. But I don't expect yeah. it to guarantee anything. I just expect it for people to stop spitting droplets over, yeah. over everything, and and that's what I expect it to do. So I I don't agree with the people who are just like who throw fits about it because you're no better than the people who are throwing fits at people trying to not wear masks. Like, did you see that video? I think it was in Florida a few weeks ago. So of course it's in Florida, but uh, <laughs> Florida man walks in, tries to walk into a Walmart. And this, they have the attendant there at the front wearing masks, just wearing a mask just inside the door. And they're like, and they're like, sir, uh, please put on a mask before you come in here. And the guy's like, I don't have to wear a mask. You can't make me. And like, just tries to keep walking. And the guy, like, without touching him, tries to like, he like puts his arms out and like tries to like physically be in his way to stop him. But he's not putting his hands on. And he's like, you don't wear a mask. You don't wear a mask. And there's like another associate jumps in and starts berating him. 
Well, I watched this, when I'm watching this video, you know what I see? The associate who is berating him and trying to keep him from entering the store and trying to convince him to wear a mask, I say convince, he's just yelling at him, is wearing his mask below his nose. So he's wearing it wrong. Yeah. And he's sitting there going, you need to wear a mask. But his, the way he's wearing his mask defeats the purpose of his mask. So it's the pot calling the kettle black. I was like, yes, this is everything wrong with this situation. <laughs> butthole doesn't want to... This shows both sides of the situation. Yeah. This shows the butthole who doesn't want to wear a mask. And then the butthole who thinks they're so righteous for wearing a mask and wants to berate everyone not wearing a mask, but they're wearing the mask wrong. I was like, this is... this." perfectly encapsulates like <laughs> the entire situation nationwide oh, yeah. of like what I disagree with both of those people. Yeah. That's like I'm not pro mask. I'm not against mask. Mm-hmm. I wear one inside and that's like you said I'm glad that our city ordinance you know says inside. Because I, I wouldn't have worn one outside if it said outside because no. that is antithetical. No. Like that is anti-factual. I wear one because I don't want the I don't want the city to shut down again because let me tell you, everyone out there listening, you might have had a different response. You might have had the same response as I did during the whole like COVID shutdown. It was bad for me. I like gained probably 20, 25 pounds. <laughs> I, I would put away a six pack by myself. Just, oh. yeah, that, that's all I could do. Like, yeah. I would just, I would just, nothing going on, bro. No, no. binge watch Tiger King and drink mm-hmm. a six pack. <laughs> It was rough. It was rough. So, I don't want that to happen again. So that's well. The why thing is, they shouldn't shut down unless unless our hospitals get overwhelmed, right? Right. And so that's that's my bigger concern is that we're going to shut down out of fear because the cases are spiking, even though it's the eighteen to thirty four age group, which is another thing I point out, who is the least vulnerable outside of like literal children, and. Um, well, the cases are okay. So the cases are spiking, um, but it's the younger people getting it who, a lot of times, it's very, very mild symptoms, and so they're recovering. The recovery rate is, you know, when it because initially it was just old people getting yeah. it who were susceptible and they were dying because they had comorbidities, and so and so it was like, this is a made up fact, but say for instance, every five people who got it, they were all over sixty five with comorbidities. Three or four of them would die. Now it's. 18 to 34 year olds and so out of every five people maybe a half is dying and I say that for statistical purposes not uh, someone's getting chopped in half so yeah yeah my question was uh, cases are spiking but are hospitals overwhelmed no so, some in certain areas across the country hospitals may are actually getting to a point where like yeah their hospitalization's bad so you can cite like certain areas in Florida or Texas or something like that where it's being a problem but you know where but you know what still no one is close to mimicking? New York City, who has gotten so much airtime and the governor has gotten so much praise, even though they were the worst place in our nation by far. People trying to harp on Florida right now. But Florida's got a huge spike in cases, but the deaths and hospitalizations aren't in line or even close to what happened with in New York with like 30,000 people dying in a few weeks and like full shutdown and like they were setting up triage like it was not they by far have had it the worst but like LA hasn't that hasn't happened Chicago that didn't really happen like that, that was the only one and so 
Yeah, it just they shouldn't shut down. But with these spikes, it's yeah, it's out of every. You're just seeing the true, more so the true death rate when you don't have comorbidities. Because that's the other thing too that is uh, there's some mixed feelings on in the in the consensus of some of the counting of the deaths hasn't been exactly accurate. Meaning, if I got in a car wreck and and had to go to the hospital. And then when I got to the hospital and they were trying to save me or whatever because I was dying, they found out I had COVID. They counted me as a COVID death, even though it could have been a brain injury from the car wreck that was uh, killed. So me. even though you had maybe some underlying they, conditions, there were you could have caught COVID either while at the died. hospital or had the COVID mm-hmm. antibodies, but not uh, mm-hmm. showing symptoms and, of COVID. And then I get counted as a COVID you death. So there's a been number. a lot of miscounting and overestimating too now i'm not going to get too tinfoil hat on that and be like oh but (laughs) you know oh it's fake news it's a conspiracy no it's very real and so for instance you know if it's a hundred thousand deaths i i don't think it's something like oh it's actually twenty thousand no i think it's probably seventy five thousand you know you know which is still it's significant but it's not like i still think mostly it's still very serious but i think they're We've maybe been there. Have been places have been overzealous about counting them as the kung yeah. flu. The kung flu killed you. No, it didn't. <laughs> the Jackie Chan virus did not get the you. Kung flu. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. No. It's. I and and. For I just, I can't stop thinking about this guy who is just like, it's a made up thing. It's a it's a uh, just something that the government made up just to, so they could see if they could mind control us. This guy, that guy watches InfoWars. Um, 100%. <laughs> I bet you go out on his car, he has an InfoWars bumper sticker. I wasn't I wasn't there whenever he came in uh-huh. to like do this rant. I heard about it later. Oh, man. Here's what I caught. <laughs> this was great. I just went to go get my lunch right before I was going to start my shift. So I was going to get my lunch, put it in the fridge, start my mm-hmm. shift. So I pull up, a park, I get out of the car, and I know him by now. I'm only like six days in, and, and I you, know this guy. You so know that, him. if that tells you anything. So I get out of my car, and I'm just immediately hearing like yelling, and I just look up, and I see him by his car. And I don't know who, I, I can't tell like what or who he's yelling at. It didn't think, yeah. I didn't think there was anybody else there. There's not. It's him. He has his phone up. <laughs> He's doing I, what I assume a Facebook live, yelling into his phone, pointing at it, says you're the problem. Oh my You are gosh. you are sheep following the sheep herder of America. You're following these corporate and just yelling into his phone and like I'm obviously intrigued and like I'm trying to like watch this guy, but obviously not staring at him because I don't want to get called out and because I'm in full uniform and he'd like come and try to interview me. I don't want that, but. I just I immediately walk in and I'm like, uh, what just happened? And that's when I find out the whole <laughs> oh story. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that was fun. That's incredible. That that's good. another thing though that I think is a problematic with our generation and is that something happens to us and we have a problem and what now what social media has allowed, and I'm victim to this because this is what the podcast allows sometimes too, is that you can go and air it out on that, but sometimes it's like the problem's... Some problems is like, hey, you should just like, that upset you, you should like go settle that with the person. 
but the first our first instinct is like you and I have an argument. I leave and I'm pissed and I get on my social media and I rant about you. And you can have your own it's, army. It's the ultimate gossip. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing too is like I anytime I see that I'm always like, what's the other person's side of the story? Yeah. Like, cool. You just told me your rant. Now I want to hear it from. I want. I want to go and talk to them independently and see what see what happened. Because the, guess what? As always, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. And it's it's silly when people. Like you sadly see this, especially in small towns, when like couples, were like with um, with bad divorces and stuff. Oh yeah, is I have seen it personally firsthand where like little rumors get started and like I heard there were rumors that like got back to like one of my friends about one and and like I had my mom ask me about it and I was just like mom, like she was like, is is this a true thing? And I said absolutely not. I was like there's. It just it's just like when things get bad, man, people pick sides and they like they just stick with it. And I'm just sitting here like I'll, I want to hear both sides. And yeah. I, and because like we talked about earlier with the whole like with I'll just generalize it with like criminals and police is like there's usually in the bad situations like the George Floyd one, there were bad decisions made on both parties' parts. Like. You, so I could hear the cops' testimony, and if the guy was still alive, maybe he'd just been brutalized. I could hear their side, the victim's side, and then, and then be like, okay, so because your perspective is going to be unique, and a lot of times what we do naturally is we we gear it towards we give the details in such a way because I've caught myself doing this. You don't realize it, but you give the details in such a way because you're wanting you're wanting confirmation and agreement, especially from if if it's from friends or. Um, family, and so you come and you say, "Hey, this happened. This person did this to me, and I can't believe it." And that's all you tell them. Instead of saying, "Hey, I was at work, and um, you know, I was having a conversation, and I said this, and they blew up on me, and then I tried to reason with them, and they came back and did this," and and you just you just instead of just laying out a factual recollection of it you just give the highlights and those highlights though are the parts parts that upset you the most and the parts maybe where you were mistreated but they don't ever include oh you antagonize this person maybe yeah. or maybe you could have handled that better your res- you don't bring up your response to maybe what they said that was disrespectful and these are like key details and so now i've learned when i'm hearing a situation i always ask them like well did you say this or that or your response could have been better and some people take that as, well, you're taking, you're taking their side. No, 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 no. I'm trying to find the most objective version of the truth here. Yeah. I'm not trying to get the truth with your spin on it or the truth with their spin on it. I'm, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate because guess what? The most reasonable solution and the best way to look at it where we can say, hey, they were, yeah, they were in the wrong. Yeah. You did these two little, you, these two responses by you weren't great, but by and large, they were in the wrong. Or this just sounds like a situation where you two don't get along and because you don't get along, that, that's why this unfolded. Yeah. Not absolving them or you of things that were said or done, but yeah. That's what, before I... Uh... Uh, either pick my stance or before I choose what side of the argument, I always play a little devil's advocate mm-hmm. just so I can get those to. responses or emotions out of them. And be yeah. like, oh, okay, so this is actually, there's, okay, so I I love uh, Tom Segura, and you've heard yeah. me talk about him. I His most recent special, um, he was talking about somebody got offended about what 
you know, he said, he's, he told a joke, and he's pretty raunchy comic sometimes, but he told a joke on stage, and some lady approached him and was like, I don't appreciate, like, what you said. I don't like what you said. Was I'm it offended. about drowning the dog? Uh, no, the dog it, the but that, that's the same special. Okay. But it, well, was, yeah, it was something else. She said, I, I yeah. was offended about mm-hmm. what you said. And he's, he told another joke to go with that. He was like, I'm just going to start uh, uh, like talking to people as I do my five-year-old son. He's like, my five-year-old son comes up to me and he goes, it's, it's loud over there. And he goes, oh, yeah? Well, maybe you shouldn't go over there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay. He's like, all right, good. And then he kisses him on the forehead and that's it. <laughs> and we move it's on. Like, I'm offended with what you said. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe you shouldn't hear things you don't want to hear. <laughs> Stay home. Like I don't. Yeah, I I, I laughed well, so hard when I heard that because like I find, I find I find myself in that situation where maybe there's certain things I don't like to use comics about a comic special or certain jokes or something that or they you know they get a little political. It's like I don't agree with them, but guess what? I still enjoy the jokes that are funny and the ones that I don't like. I don't like, but I look at it like did I did were there more jokes that I liked? that I didn't like and then I can make my decision if there's more that I didn't like I'm probably I'm gonna be like ah, eh, probably don't care for that comic if there's more that I liked it's like I like this guy I disagree with some of his views but I like this guy yeah. and, but people can't do that they're offended by one little thing they think they're entitled and they're entitled to well you need to correct this because one person didn't like one thing you said that's not how this works folks if 90% of what you say is bad, then and 90 people, 90% of the people who heard it think it's bad, then maybe there's a case. But if 1% of what you said was bad or 10% and then 10% of the people say it's like, hmm, I think majority rules here. That sounds like just the law of averages in life in that, you know what? Not everyone's going to like you and you can't make everybody happy. Everyone yeah. loves to say that freaking line, but they don't actually like to think about it and live it out. That Like, guess what? You may be that person that didn't... that. That was unhappy about this that time, you know? We always like, when we're on the other side of it, we're like, well, I can't make everyone happy. But then flip that and you're the unhappy person. We don't want to hear that. It's like, come on. You got to be able to take a taste of your own medicine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we just about did two hours. So I think that wraps it up. Um, That was interesting. It's always funny when you go in, when you go in with like no direct plan like where you end up landing yeah and because there's definitely certain parts of this podcast where I was like I did not know where this was going to end up but uh, and you said we did like pretty much like two hours and it didn't feel like two hours it never does and we could probably sit here for another two hours yeah I would just need a sandwich and (laughs) and I could probably do it no, it's funny because I actually had a dream last night that I was on Joe Rogan's podcast and we did three hours and it felt like it went by in the blink of an eye and oh, there some other fun. stuff. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the dream, but I haven't done anything spectacular to earn the right to be on there. So maybe when I do something <laughs> spectacular, I'll, I'll earn the right, but, or something spectacular, or I say spectacular, it could be spectacularly bad, happens to me and I get socially crucified by the media or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But, no, I think that was fun. Yeah, we're just under two hours. and Cool. I think that's good. And if anyone made it this far, you're a serious trooper. And uh, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, comment, blah, 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 whatever. You know, no, yeah. Thank feel. you for for staying on this long with us. Uh, we made it. The, the podcast is literally called The Rambling Viking. And sometimes we do, 
like to ramble on, but thank it you so much. It was an intention, for, bro. Yeah. I knew on. I knew myself, and so I I don't get in trouble for rambling. I will stop myself sometimes, and but then I say, well, well it is the name of the game. So yeah. if you're listening to this, you kind of you remember that assumed risk conversation. It's kind of what this is, right? <laughs> you, you you literally click on the rambling Viking. Guess you what? signed the waiver. You're gonna get some rambling. Yeah, and if you're mad about it, well, just don't listen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully, thanks. yeah. Hopefully, Full this circle. will become the future mm-hmm. spot for for my podcast, and and mm-hmm. obviously, we're gonna do some cross promoting with that. Uh, have each other on each other's podcast more often. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. having me, Gus. Thanks for being here, dude. It was a lot of fun. And uh, anyone else who was listening, I'd love to give your thoughts and your feedback because I know I got some dicey care uh, areas, particularly when I was talking about the black community and what plagues it because I know people have some strong feelings about who can talk about that. But the ramblingviking at gmail.com is where you can voice uh, all your feedback and I would love to get some feedback. And shoot, if you feel strongly enough and you want to be a guest, I'd love to have you on. I'm, I've got some, uh, I've had some guests on more regularly and um, gonna have an interesting interview coming up in uh, probably next week so I'm excited for it we'd love to know all your thoughts and feedback thanks so much everybody for listening we'll see you later <laughs>